Hello and welcome to the PR Department Podcast. You're through to your host, Katie Braden, and this is episode 51. It's almost Christmas. Uh, even though I feel like the Christmas hype literally started like before Halloween, like there's a very clear order in which we do things. Like we get to the end of September, like, okay, summer's over. Nice. Then we have a month of Halloween. So all October is Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. You then have a little interlude, which is bonfire night. Unless you live in Liverpool, in that case, bonfire night lasts for about three weeks. Um, They love fireworks here. This is something I didn't know when I moved to the Wirral. They love, love, love fireworks. Like I literally, okay, so this is such a side story, but I'm going to tell you anyway skip forward five minutes if you don't listen to it um it's about my dog for preface um so my dog is scared of fireworks obviously all dogs are scared of fireworks um it wasn't until I actually got a dog that I was like why why do we do fireworks like I am all about a good like public firework display cool fine but people setting off fireworks in their own gardens like why like please tell me what the point is also when we have silent fireworks why we continue to set off the ones with the big bangs why do we do that that is so bizarre like I understand the pretty lights yeah they're gorgeous but like why do we like listening to big bangs it's crazy so anyway my um my bedroom is in the lower ground of my house so like kind of in the basement so we were like right we'll bring our dog downstairs into the bedroom so it's like the sound is less for her um it worked great she slept in our bed all night and was super happy so there we go um you can move on with your life now knowing that um but I went upstairs to get a cup of tea in the middle of the evening when like bonfire night was in full swing and I stood in my kitchen and I was like honestly I feel like the sound that I'm experiencing now is like the closest it would have been to like the blitz because it was just like continuous banging like just continuous I was like I don't know how they're actually managing to set off that many fireworks like it's just actually I was weirdly impressed at the same time baffled I was like why I don't understand it and then every friend I spoke to and all my family members I spoke to who live in other areas of the country they were like yeah it's fine you know we had a few bangs through the night but it was all right and I was like it was literally like world war ii blitz in the world so yeah who knew eh who knew that the north of england loved fireworks so much um i can't even remember how i got onto that topic and i only started talking three minutes ago so that's great um ah yes it's almost christmas and the chronological order and why we started celebrating christmas so early so i went into like the range or like a home bargains in October expecting it to be like spooky beluga like spooktastic and I love Halloween and I love all the Halloween stuff that comes along with it like I really did get too excited about the little Halloween squishmallows that were in the McDonald's Happy Meals um I did talk about them solidly for like four weeks it wasn't even it was embarrassing actually at, at one point um so when I went into the range in October and I was expecting Halloween and I got Christmas I was like what (laughs) like guys there's a clear clear order like October we do Halloween we have a small interlude which is bonfire night and from that point on then we can get into Christmas like literally at the beginning of November end of October before Halloween had even happened there were mince pies in Sainsbury's like 
I don't know like am I going through a loop here like that's very early right like that's very early like who's scoffing mince pies on Halloween because surely and this is how I run my Christmas okay I start celebrating Christmas or start feeling festive for Christmas from sort of mm, the end of November first of December really like first of December so then you've got like 25 days so essentially like the whole of December 25 days to be as Christmassy as you want like Christmas music Christmas films festivities mince pies all round right cracking by the time I get to Christmas and I celebrate my Christmas I'm then all Christmased out so if I start Christmasing in October I then have to do like an extra basically like month and a half of Christmas like I'm gonna burn out so fast like there's not many that many Christmas films that can get me through that amount of time like I can't be jingling my bells for like two months I can do it for 25 days (laughs) and I know this is such a hot topic because and come over to Instagram at the PR department podcast if you want to debate me about this because I know a lot of people are super like they like don't get me wrong I love Christmas but I have to time my peak like I have to time my peak like I, I did one year right where I peaked too soon and by the time I got to Christmas I was all Christmas out and I was already on my decline like into the new year and I hadn't even hit like hit Christmas Eve I love Christmas just as much as the next person right love it love Christmas music I love Christmas films I love the whole spirit of Christmas like I will still in my ripe old age put a glass of milk and a cookie and a carrot out for Santa in my parents house on Christmas Eve I will do that and my dad will bite the carrot after I've gone to bed and we will all pretend it was Rudolph in the morning we are all fully grown adults there are no children in our house but here we are like I love the magic of Christmas I really do like my dad hangs his head out of his bedroom window and says I can hear the bells like we love it but it has to be timed correctly guys (laughs) also coming back to the whole theme of the podcast in PR world if we start talking about Christmas in October how many Christmas stories do you possibly have like please tell me like I understand the Christmas advent calendar conversation like that came hella early this year like people were literally talking about Christmas advent calendars in August September like I'm not even joking you and I was like flabbergasted I get that because obviously you've got to order them ahead of time like people release them early I get it but if you start talking about Christmas as a brand, like you are going to run out of steam by the time we get to November, December. Do you know what I mean? It's a hard one, guys. But anyway, it's almost Christmas. Seven minutes in, it's almost Christmas. What even is the topic of today's episode, guys? I'm actually going to have to check. Bear with. When you go off on such a tangent, you can't even remember why you started. Um. Okay, so today... We're going to talk about TikTok brands because I feel like they've been very topical and the point of a lot of contention um, for the last couple of months. So I've got a few things to talk about and yeah, I just thought it was a really interesting topic. As always, you can share your thoughts or just even let me know that you're listening because honestly, that makes my day. A fairy grows wings every time you tell me that you listen to my podcast over on Instagram at the PR department podcast or on my personal Instagram, which is Katie Braden PR. And I'm also on TikTok at Katie Braden PR anyway. Um, I love chatting to you guys and I love um, 
hearing that you listen because I've said it before and I'll say it again because podcasts don't have like a like or comment section um like all other social media my brain is conditioned to believe that it's just me myself and I and nobody listens to this so um it's actually nice when people are like oh yeah I listen to your podcast and I'm like oh my god people listen to that wow I suppose our social our social that's not what I meant to say our brains in 2023 slash 24 are just so conditioned that if you don't get likes on something or comments on something then nobody's seen it or heard it or interacted with it like it's kind of our way of getting recognition I guess so yeah come and tell me you listen and come and tell me what you think about this so I'll start off with a little bit of TikTok drama if you will and I don't like sort of I'll I'll say this first right I hate the culture on TikTok of dogpiling and this is like whilst I think there are like a few things wrong with this and I do agree with people's sort of valid criticism of this situation I really don't like the dogpiling so I'll stay I'll say that straight off so there is a brand they're based up north um called P. Louise uh they are known for like super pigmented super colorful like very over the top packaging in the best way like I'm obsessed I I love the brand like I don't use the brand myself because I'm not a big like pigmented color like super makeup glam girly like that's kind of who it's for I don't use any of the products but I can really appreciate the brand and the branding um and the founder who still owns the company which people forget as well that a lot of beauty businesses all your favorite beauty businesses are usually owned by like a parent company so like an Estee Lauder or like a Unilever or like a L'Oreal like even the ones that seem small like they will have been bought out and they'll be run by a large entity then you've got brands like P. Louise who are literally owned by Paige Louise and she is still very much like sat in customer service like working in the brand so first things first I think a lot of people hold these small brands and when you have a founder-owned brand based um, in comparison to like a corporate brand which is owned by a parent company the inner workings and the budget and everything are just so completely different but people expect the same like it's like me being a little knitter like if I knit jumpers and sell them on Depop they expect the same level of service as Amazon like it's not the same and I think that needs to be said for beauty brands as well but I think with P. Louise like they have really blown up in recent years like especially on TikTok hence why we're talking about I'm calling them a TikTok brand they're not a TikTok brand but they've blown up on TikTok and they've really utilized things like selling on TikTok live um, TikTok shop all that jazz so I'll go through the things that they've done really well on TikTok in a little bit because I feel like that is an interesting um, point of discussion but basically what happened was so P. Louise has gone from being a founder-owned like relatively small brand that's doing well they're on the up TikTok launches they really jump on it which is something that small brands really have the ability to do because they literally have the people who make the products like at their disposal to be on TikTok and like you literally have Paige Louise giving you like customer service updates do you know what I mean like L'Oreal would never um so they jumped on it really quickly they were utilizing TikTok live which is kind of like the model the modern equivalent of like a QVC where they sit on live and like sell products it's quite a genius 
thing and when I first saw it I was like this is never going to pick up but it really really has like a lot of brands have really like transformed their businesses with it Um, and also TikTok shop so when you shop on TikTok it's as far as I'm aware I don't have any brands who have um, TikTok shop so it's I'm I'm sort of going on what I can see um, rather than from personal experience but TikTok shop is run independently to the businesses so as far as I know TikTok shop have their own like way of selling products so instead of like seeing a product um click in shop and then being taken through to the brand's website TikTok shop you shop within TikTok so the payment goes through TikTok like you don't leave TikTok to to shop is essentially what I'm explaining which makes a big difference because then the transaction is through a third party which is TikTok as opposed to directly through the brand and I think that affects the distribution like I don't know whether my theory on how it works and I might be completely wrong but I'm just theorizing is say for example P. Louise uh, is selling I don't know lip oils on TikTok she would then send like 2000 quantities of lip oils to a TikTok distribution center similar to like an Amazon where you just send your stuff in and then when things get bought via TikTok on TikTok shop TikTok then sends out from their distribution as opposed to like P. Louise's distribution I feel like that is kind of what happens but I might be completely wrong and I also think as well maybe it's optional for brands like whether they want to do it or whether they want to send direct I don't know anyway I'm just theorizing if anybody does know and does utilize TikTok shop if you want to let me know what goes on on the back end I would love to know because I always find it so fascinating I love anything to do with like distribution stockists like the ins and outs of buying like I just love it anyway I digress so P. Louise adopts TikTok shop um, and TikTok shop is very heavy on like discounting and bundles again kind of like QVC um so she has a lot of like specific products that are bundled together and you can get them for like really discounted prices on tiktok so obviously the girlies are loving them and then my um for you page is full of people being like oh did you know that you could get this like p louise like much much less but i don't think they're paid ads i think they're literally people knowing that they will be able to sell products via their tiktok shop so if I am an individual creator and I can see that P. Louise is really popping off, it would benefit me as a creator with the TikTok commission structure to promote something that is doing really well. So people will shop it through my video and I make the commission. So because P. Louise is trending, a lot of people are then making videos linking the P. Louise TikTok shop in their videos so people can shop via them as an individual and they'll get the commission if that makes sense if you're not familiar with tiktok i know this seems like an absolute minefield but i hope i'm explaining it okay so the more sort of tiktok recognition p louise was generating on their own back from their qvc style tiktok shop lives etc then more individual creators are going to promote them by sharing their shopping link getting their individual commission because they know that it's like a trending product if that makes sense so they both kind of go hand in hand the brand puts in the effort on tiktok people then see it's trending they see they're going to get commission because people are going to shop it so they make more videos then you have organic marketing you get ugc etc 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 okay so all that aside they've done really well in the last two years since they've adopted adopted tiktok they have absolutely skyrocketed um 
so as of a couple of weeks ago everybody was absolutely loving P. Louise on TikTok because obviously everybody's getting their commission they were loving the products the products as far as I know as I said I haven't tried them are great the packaging's really impressive everybody likes Paige as a founder good lovely job then it all comes crashing down guys it all comes crashing down it's a sad sight to see so they announced well they didn't announce it I think the creator announced it first so they decided to do a collaboration with Michaela who is a huge US beauty influencer on TikTok she's probably the biggest I would say on TikTok one of the biggest anyway she's known for being a beauty creator one but the whole Lashgate drama where she did an advertising campaign for a mascara and she was caught wearing allegedly false lashes in the ad and has gone on to be quite a sort of like shady dealer when it comes to ads and creator ads like in general she's just known for being quite like generally dishonest like there's a lot of compilations on tiktok where you'll see she'll do an ad for a brand and she'll say how amazing the product is and then she'll do a video like a few months later where it's like not sponsored and she'll be like oh yeah i could like could take or leave this product sort of thing so yeah she's playing the system she's got a massive following brands are sponsoring her um also she's not very good at disclosing ads which really rubs people up the wrong way including other creators like she sort of buries the hashtag ad in her captions she sort of flashes up like maybelline partner on the screen like where the average consumer doesn't know that that's an ad um yeah so all these things right she hasn't got the best reputation people are not really enjoying her and the general consensus is that the brands need to stop paying her and giving her these sponsorships because they're sort of furthering her platform and they're furthering her ability to lie to her audience essentially right so p louise and michaela announce a collaboration together which is like two monsters of tiktok like you've got massive p louise who's like popping off on tiktok michaela who's the biggest beauty creator on tiktok they're joining forces right so the the consensus on their tiktoks was that this was all really positive and people were really excited you then go over to trend mood who god bless trend mood uh they post like they're kind of like a news source on Instagram where they post like all of the new beauty launches and it's my absolute favorite place to get like the real vibe of like how people are feeling about certain launches because brands creators they often censor their contact uh their contacts what am I on about comments to be quite positive so like they'll delete sort of the negative ones so there's a positive consensus but over on trend mood you get a really good idea from the comments as to like how people genuinely feel about things and the feeling behind this was like, why would they choose Michaela when she's proven time and time again to be dishonest? People are not really liking her at the moment. Like, why would they choose her when there are so many other creators who are like more deserving of this opportunity, I think is the vibe. Then the other thing is the vibe of the collections, so the theme for the collection was a like winter wedding. And it was based off of Michaela and Cody's wedding, which happened I believe just over six months ago. So everybody was like, how weird is it that we are buying a collection based off of a stranger's wedding? Which I I see it, I see it, right? But, you know, creators and brands have made stranger collections, so that's not such a big deal. The products were also very blue, like everything was blue, it was all blue themed. 
Um, and people were like, this isn't wearable. Fair enough. Like, you know, some people like blue, some people don't, whatever. Um, a lot of people were saying that, so the palette was really, really, really big. Like one of the biggest sort of eyeshadow palettes I've seen. And people have said that a lot of the colors in there were duplicates. So like, yes in the pan they all look different but when you use them on your eye they're all going to sort of blend out to be the same color so like the it's excessive and it's sort of not great for the environment consumerism and also for your makeup collection because why would you want loads of the same color so that was another sort of hot take um and then another thing was people were really confused as to why Michaela was focusing on her wedding again because and I've got a bit of a take on this um that I haven't really heard anybody discuss and that's only because I know how exclusivity and contracts work so when Michaela had her wedding um she really used it as like a big commercial opportunity like she was doing a lot of like sponsored posts and whatnot and then when it came to her actual wedding she brought out I think it was like a lip kit or something with elf that was like her wedding lip color and liner whatever it was and then elf actually had a stand at her wedding where i don't know what the stand was for like if people could shop the products or whether they were doing like a gifting suite because there was a lot of influencers and celebrities at her wedding like it was kind of like that vibe so it was very heavy like on this elf collaboration so now that she's doing another wedding thing six months later to me as someone who writes contracts for influencers, tells me that she had a six months exclusivity clause with Elf. So what that means is she would be exclusive in terms of talking about Elf in regards to her wedding and like other wedding sponsorships and ventures can't happen for six months. Like it can only be Elf. So now that that six month exclusivity is over, she's now free to do a wedding collaboration with P. Louise, whereas they wouldn't have been able to run those at the same time. Okay, that's just my opinion. Allegedly, that's what I think has happened. So people have also said like it's a strange way around. Like the Elf collaboration feels really lackluster in comparison to the P. Louise collaboration. And I actually saw somebody, I can't remember who it was, who was doing a bit of a commentary video on YouTube and they said they felt like the P. Louise collaboration should have come first because the P. Louise event for this was like absolutely massive. It was like PR event on steroids. It took me back to like 2016. I was like, oh my God, Kylie Jenner, where is she? Um, It was huge. Like P. Louise transformed her entire... um, workplace which is massive into this like winter wonderland with like fountains and ice and like just it was so extravagant like if you haven't seen it please look it up on tiktok because it is like quite a sight for the eye um you know invited all of the influencers they flew Michaela over from the US to the UK put her up in one of the best hotels in Manchester filled the hotel with like P. Louise it could have been like a P. Louise hotel room for all you knew because it was like full of balloons goodies gifts like it was very very 2016 coded like the tart trips to Hawaii like it was very that I was like enjoying it on one hand but on the other hand I was like wow this is a lot um people really didn't like it they really didn't like it and I think we're in a different time now like we're in a cost of living crisis we're in recession everybody's really struggling and people are really bitter about seeing this extravagance like people are very much into normal people relatability not these like huge displays of wealth which I think that's how a lot of people took it whereas back in 2016 we would have been living for the girlies but the girlies were not living at this point 
So people were saying that this should have happened sort of at the time of the wedding because it seems to be more like full wedding focused and then when people would have been commenting on Michaela's TikTok like oh what lip did you wear to the wedding she did this whole series before the wedding basically trying to find her perfect lipstick so then when she was getting all the comments on her wedding content saying oh did you find the perfect lip what is it what is it what is it she could have then dropped the elf collaboration you know like that would have made more sense and I think that strategy is actually a really good one but this way around that they've done it feels very very strange any who what where why how so another thing to mention is p louise launched a massive advent calendar um just before the michaela collaboration dropped and this calendar caused quite the stir on tiktok number one because it was massive like it literally looks like a cardboard built doll's house it had a lot of like full-size products i think to be honest it was a lot better than the average you know calendars like let's not forget the Zuella Christmas calendar I will never forget that when she literally put like was it like a paperclip or like a bookmark and it was like insane stuff in there like this was actually a good calendar but it was retailing I think around 300 pounds and basically this um male beauty creator I can't remember his name but I did thoroughly enjoy the video it was quite brilliant um, he unboxed the calendar that was sent to him as a gift because he was an influencer and he basically just tore it apart like saying that it was rubbish and it wasn't worth the money so obviously that kicked up a stir but still a lot of people bought it they were very excited and it's a big investment as I said cost of living crisis is happening guys so if you're spending 300 pounds on an advent calendar like you're going to be pretty like committed to the cause do you know what I mean Anyway, I feel like this is a lot of information. I was actually going to talk about multiple brands in this episode, but I don't know if we're going to get it in because it's a lot. Um, so anyway, the Christmas advent drama. Everybody buys the Christmas advent. Then she drops the Michaela collaboration right after with this huge extravagant event. Um, we're then starting to see problems. So the advent calendars are not being delivered. People are not getting their orders. Then she drops the Michaela collaboration. Um as far as I was aware, the only thing on TikTok shop that was available at that time was the Michaela collaboration. So you basically couldn't shop like any of the other products. So you were like forced down the Michaela route. Um, obviously, you shouldn't force people to buy anything, but that's sort of how it was going. Then we hit Black Friday. <sighs> Jesus, guys. Like if I was in charge of this strategy, one thing I would have done differently is I would have spaced these things out because doing a massive advent calendar, £300 worth of advent calendar huge probably the biggest collaboration we've seen in the beauty industry this year and black friday all within about two months of each other is madness like that's crazy behavior like number one just these are huge pieces of news for this brand so like having them giving them space and time to breathe is so important maybe i should pitch to do the pr for p louise because honestly I, i have some i have some notes um so yeah then we hit black friday they were doing i think 80 percent off on black friday which is just gnarly like they're really like going for it and i really you know hats off to page art truly because she's really like going for it they do they their 80 percent off black friday sale then they start saying to people like if you've purchased product for the black friday sale you have to wait 10 working days for that product to get to you 
slow shipping times are always expected over Black Friday. I don't tend to buy a lot around Black Friday because I just know it's not going to get to me till New Year. Do you know what I mean? Like brands can't keep up. There's always issues. There's always packages lost. This, that and the other. It's It's a nightmare. I can't be bothered. Customer service is overwhelmed. It's not for me. I like a peaceful shopping experience. But anyway, people are committed to buying their Black Friday stuff. They weren't really being shipped out. Then they were saying 10 working days for shipping. Just for context, because you're probably wondering, this timeline's a bit wild. They started doing Black Friday at like the start of November as opposed to the end. So they've been running this for a while, hence how we've seen this drama sort of roll out. So then after people were waiting an awfully long time for their boxes to arrive... They were arriving with like missing products and instead of the product being in the box, it was like a piece of paper being like a picture of the product being like, this is what you should have had. Um, No, it was basically saying like, we're out of stock of this, but we'll send it at a later date sort of vibe. Some people also were receiving empty boxes, which is not great. Um, But obviously for a small business, when you're receiving this volume of order, um over this very very compact period of time when you're also trying to focus on all of your marketing for all of these major launches like things are gonna go wrong and I do think that all of these separate projects and activities would have run perfectly fine and it would have been great had they not been all within two months of each other like I honestly think that that is the sort of downfall of the strategy here is the short period of time that they were trying to do everything um Paige has been sort of hopping on to TikTok to say, you know, give people updates and customer service and whatnot, which also, you know, has had people sort of ripping her to shreds in the comments. And I just think like, you know, you don't see Mr. L'Oreal doing that, do you? So like people just forget the sort of setup of these brands behind the scenes. Um, But, you know, things are going wrong. So she does have to sort of take accountability for that because people are disappointed um but yeah at the moment it's sort of like a massive dog pile like people are upset about the price of the advent calendars then because they've not received them then they're upset because Michaela's being chosen as the collaborator then they're being upset about the extravagance the product the choices then the Black Friday sales not going well and people are receiving empty boxes and it's just kind of peaked and troughed very very fast like at the moment it's like a P. Louise hate train on TikTok. And this coming back to the beginning of the episode, I absolutely hate the dog piling. Like when it comes to very popular things or trending things, even like trending people and brands, when they're no longer the flavor of the moment or like something happens, people are so fast to decide collectively like, oh, we hate this person now. And there's no like level of individual or like critical thinking. And I understand why people are upset about these sequence of events. Like P. Louise have gotten things wrong, but they also have gotten a lot of things right for a really long period of time. And all of these things are fixable. And from what I can see from Paige's sort of content that she's posted online, she is like really doing everything she can to you know remedy this as fast as possible and I think in that circumstance that's all you can do you can be honest and you can come forward and say look this is the problem this is what we're doing to try and solve it but these problems are not going to be solved straight away um I also saw a video of hers where she said that she'd 
recently changed um distribution facility so i don't know whether that is on like the tiktok side or whether that's on her side but also doing that like i know how much work it is to change distribution facility behind the scenes it is massive especially when you're dealing with makeup products that do have expiry dates and they do need to be kept in certain conditions like doing a swap over of a warehouse oh my god like most brands will usually close their orders for that period of time because it is that big of a job so if she's done that at the same time of all these major launches jesus christ girl like no wonder things have gone arse over to you know but yeah so i just wanted to talk about give my take really on like this one example I'm going to keep it to one example because we are now at half an hour so maybe I'll go more into like TikTok brands um in another episode more generally because there are other amazing TikTok brands that I really want to talk about and discuss like Made by Mitchell and yeah Made by Mitchell I can't think of any others off the top of my head right now (laughs) to be fair this is the second podcast I just recorded in a row so my brain cells are dwindling give me grease guys please um but yeah I just wanted to sort of like explain what has been going on in terms of this P. Louise drama on TikTok and also like her sort of last couple of months of what she's been doing as a business how what she's been doing really well and like what has sort of gone wrong for her and also to give my take on it as like a PR and somebody who works with a lot of founder-owned companies um yeah I hope that was interesting for you um Obviously, I would love to hear your thoughts over on the PR department podcast Instagram or my own Instagram, Katie Brain PR or TikTok, Katie Brain PR. Um, but yeah, guys, hope that wasn't too rambly for you, but I will see you on the next one.